Hey, yo, and here we go. Another episode of We Talk Music is on the air and in your ear. And once again, I am often joined by the king of the casters, Mr. Brett Podcast. And Brett, we have three fine gentlemen with us today. Well, that's right. Today, We Talk Music goes to the theater. I'm very excited because uh, we get we get to talk about rock opera. And I mean, you know, <laughs> within rock and roll, I love a good rock opera. And so we've got three guys who, are, who have done a rock opera. And, and I applaud them for, for even conceiving of it. But, uh, but they've done some great work. So I'm going to get them to introduce themselves. So please, uh, Steve, why don't you start? Sure, my name is Steve Rogers, and I wrote the book and lyrics, and I co-wrote the music to the rock opera with Kurt Harris, who's not joining us today, but uh, plays bass in the performance. And I'm also in the cast uh, as one of the characters, I suppose I should say. (laughs) (laughs) All right, um, who wants to go next? (laughs) I'm Jeffrey Polk, I'm the director, choreographer, and coordinator of all the actors that will be on that stage. Including Steve, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, producer, musical director, and playing drums. Well, I know that there's in this case. So, staring into nothing is the name of the play. It opens on the El Portal Theater. Uh, that's that's next Friday. Wow, I mean, a week away uh, on October seventh. Um, that's pretty crazy. You guys must be in uh, full on <laughs> busy mode. But uh, but Understood. let's <laughs> yeah, it's working. There's. <laughs> so much to uh, to get into here but i think first let's get into like kind of the genesis of the of the whole thing and like how it came together sure the genesis of the whole thing kind of came out of my historic love for rock operas particularly the rock operas of the 60s and 70s all the way up i guess up into the early 80s and um I had worked on writing a couple of other projects in the past and had always dreamed of being able to put together something with sort of a narrative arc that um, could be put to uh, progressive rock or even classic rock sounding music. And and, um, the genesis of an idea came from a book that I've read many, many, many times in my life called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance that explored the concepts of the impact that technology has on the quality of our lives. That book was written in 1974, and I thought it would be very interesting to explore some of those same philosophical concepts in the context of our modern technological and digital world. Uh, And that's really where it all began. A dream. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and there's no question. I mean, if you're going to start somewhere, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance is a wonderful book. And uh, and and it's a great starting point for well a lot of things life included really yes indeed so then how did uh, how did these other five gentlemen come become involved um when i reached the point that i had most i should say we kurt and i when we reached the point where we had most of the songs written and what we considered to be um good quality demos I was looking for a producer and I was very specifically looking for a producer who was also a drummer because rhythm and syncopation is very important in our style of writing. And I felt like if we had a producer that really understood that stuff, that we'd be way ahead of the game as opposed to previous projects where the drum tracks are sort of cut as the very first part of a project. And then you sort of live with those tracks as you bring other instrumentation and vocals into it. This way we were able to really continue to evolve the project rhythmically 
which was my primary goal. And um, I don't even remember how I came across Benny's name originally, but I, I realized that he was both a, a, an outstanding drummer and that he had done some production uh, in his past. And I reached out to him and he was gracious enough to say, well, why don't you send me some of the demos and I'll see what I think of them. Um, and that's how we really got together, just kind of happenstance and over the internet. So then, Denny, what was it that drew you to the project after you heard it? Um, actually, even before I heard it, what actually drew me to really want to listen to, there's a lot of songs, like 22 songs he had written. And, and it was um, the fact that it was a concept record at that point. It maybe wasn't going to be necessarily a rock opera at that point, but it was a concept record. And I... I really like concept records. So if we're going to do 10, 15, 20 songs, you know, that I, I, I love that there's some kind of connection between the songs, something to say. And, um, and so that, that's what intrigued me to listen. And uh, once I listened to it, um, I, 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 I related to what he was saying and, um, and I related to the music and I thought that there was some really good, good songs there. To me, it's, it's really about the songs. And, um, and I thought that uh, we could really, really do something with this. And I met with, uh, with Stephen Kirk and we hit it off and we went, we went from there. I, you know, let them know kind of my thoughts and some things and maybe some arrangement things we can do. And, and they, they glued right into that. And so we, we started the process. Yeah, and Denny was very helpful in allowing us to really uh, approach the project uh, in the way that music used to be recorded, you know, recording live backing tracks in, in a large studio in Hollywood, as opposed to the piecemeal approach that can be done with programs like Pro Tools and Logic and things like that. But we wanted the more organic feel. Yeah, we went into uh, East West Studios in Hollywood, uh, the old Western, United Western Studios, one of, the, one of the best rooms still in Hollywood and one that are left especially, but it, it's, it's really wonderful. Um, and it was big enough uh, also to, to let us do, like Steve said, most things live. We had, we had keyboard space, guitars and drums, all tracking live. And we, I think you said 13 days total to, to do all, to track all these songs and all the guitar overdubs. And then, and then we went and, and, and did the vocals and background vocals. Um, at, at Steve's studio. Um, <clears throat> uh, but it was a really great way to do it because, you know, we just, we were going more for feel and emotion for these songs. And, and that helped us, helped us do that. So then as well, you know, you've got some amazing people on, like who are actually playing. So mm -hmm. how did you, how did you kind of get these players in and, and you know, maybe tell us who they are? Uh, well, Bruce Watson came and did, uh, well, guitars. Bruce and I have done records together for probably 30 years or more. And, um, you know, he plays a foreigner. And uh, he, uh, I, as soon as I heard their demos, I, I, I heard, I heard Bruce. Uh, I knew he would, he would understand it and he'd bring a lot to it. And something I love about Bruce is you don't only get great guitar parts, but he got great keyboard parts because he, he does so many great sound effects. Yeah, he was in it from day one. I think he showed up with about 20 guitars. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's great. He sunk right into it and fit in perfectly. And, and, and that was a big reason we were able to do it in, in the time we did it as well. 
And uh, so I was really happy with what he did. With Mark and Kip Lennon, who did the background vocals, I heard them immediately as well. And, um, and some people know of them, and, 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 uh, but I didn't know if, if, if Steve and, and Kurt knew of them, and I was going to recommend them. And uh, at our first meeting, I mentioned them, and uh, I, I heard their, their style in this, and, and Kurt, um, the co-writer, uh, freaked out. He's a huge fan, and, and he was really happy about that, and really, in fact, asked me about it every day. Yeah, it's like, oh, those guys that sang on the wall tour? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. And they are amazing. I've, I've known them for a long time throughout L.A., different sessions and stuff like that. And um, they came in and interpreted what Steve was, was looking for really well, and, and uh, we're happy with it. In fact, uh, one of their nephews is in the show. Oh wow! After the show, yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, we're certainly going to talk more about the music, but I do want to talk about the show. I mean, so so let's get get on to like a how you decided to make it a show, and then how how Jeffrey came and became involved, and then and you know because wow, I mean, turning it into a play that seems like a whole lot of um, extra work and a whole lot of uh, difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I I always had in the back of my mind that it could be uh, a presentation of this type, but I had no experience at all with how one would go about even beginning such a project. Um, And I was fortunate enough that as we finished recording the the original music with with me doing all the vocals at that point in time, Denny had, I guess, a good enough time doing it that he approached me and said he'd like to be involved with bringing it to a theater, bringing it to a theatrical presentation. And uh, ultimately, that's what I needed was just some help, some people who knew who to talk to and how to find the other people. And I think it was ultimately through Denny that Jeffrey was identified and, and joined the group and has done such a remarkable job. Um, with the staging and, and blocking, as they call it, and and uh, sort of solidifying the narrative and all that sort of stuff. Yes. Yeah, actually, um, Jeffrey was among uh, quite a few different people kind of talking to and, and looking at. And uh, and uh, when I spoke with Jeffrey, I, I, I just felt his experience, some of the things he's done are some of my favorite things that I've seen and grew up with. And, um, and uh I thought his experience was perfect for, for what we needed. And, um, and we had a, a really great conversation, one or two conversations. And, and I just went to Steve and said, I, I, I think this is, this is the person. So. And he's been amazing. So luckily I made a good choice. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, yeah, what brought you then? Like, and, and again, what drew you to the project, Jeffrey? Well, when Denny approached me, I said, send me the music and let me see if I, I, it, does it connect with me? How can I work with it? What can I do with it? What, what it would be a vision of mine? And how can I steer it to make it a complete story? Um, first of all, I loved the music right away. And something about it I gravitated to. And then listening to how it was produced and, and all, all the heart that went into it, I went, okay, yes, I could actually do something. I see a lot of things on that stage. And as a director, we see a plethora of things. We see big things, but then we got to really 
connect with to telling the story, representing the music, and all of a sudden make it the rock opera that it is. So we have a great cast. I'm very proud of the people that were doing it and they're bringing it. Yes. Mm. Well, let's get into that cast then. Yeah. What are the uh, different cast members that you have and why are they uh, the right people for the role? What have they brought to, this, to the story? Yeah. Say that once more, sorry. What have they brought to the story? Why are these the right people for the role? What are they doing? Why are they excellent? First of all, they all have hearts. They're really <laughs> good. They're all awesome singers. They're all great performers and they know how to tell a story. Um, casting something like this, you've got to get a, 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 an individual that will devote their self, their time and their thoughts and their theory and their presence to this presentation in which as, as of now, they've just been on stage on point. It's been amazing. Yeah, and what we didn't know, I think, you know, you begin with the identification of the cast members and then you begin the process of the rehearsals and things like that. And I think what's been amazing for me is to see how these young adults have really connected to the story and internalized it and want to be part of uh, performing it. And so that's just been uh, an amazing thing for me to watch happen slowly and, and just continue to evolve and build momentum. So then, I mean, we've, we've of course heard some of the songs, but like, tell us how does the story kind of flow around the songs and especially you, Steve, like being the writer character. I mean, well, there's a lot of questions here, but, um, but like, tell us about the story first, like how, you know, like just kind of give us a little insight into what we're going to see. Sure. There's, essentially four main characters supported by um, five members of an ensemble. And the four main characters are represented really by two uh, more mature characters. I'm one who's sort of the philosopher character who is uh, asking Plato's question, what is good and what is not in the context of our modern culture. Um, and the other <clears throat> mature uh, lead character is essentially a representative of uh, one of these tech wonders who have created some great company like Facebook or in other words, he's, he's the antithesis to me. He believes that technology is making the world a better place and that there is no downside to it. And he's um, completely uh, supportive of it. Whereas I'm skeptical of it and I'm questioning it and questioning its impact on the quality of our lives and, and whether or not it's actually changing our behavior because it's changed the ways in which we communicate. Uh, and then beyond that, there's two young adult lead characters who <clears throat> essentially go through a journey during the course of the uh, performance where they move from um, being sort of unconscious and willful participants in everything to slowly becoming conscious and aware that there are some negatives that, uh, that come with these different types of technologies and it does have an impact on their lives and they begin to think about ways that they can uh, be more in control of the technology than have the technology control them. And then one of the nice things is that many, many of the songs <clears throat> are actually <clears throat> performed by the ensemble. So uh, the ensemble isn't just chanting and, and moving in the background, they're actually taking lead lines and songs and swapping songs and, and 
it sounds like there's dialogue taking place within the singing because there's different characters coming into and out of songs. So then Steve, when you were, when you were doing this, like, like is musical theater something that you've done before? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, then when you thought, did, was it you that thought, you know, I'm going to do this role. I am right for this role. Or, or, you know, was Denny, was Jeffrey, were they, were they like, no, you're right for this role. Come on, you got to do it. The latter. <laughs> it, was, it was Denny and Jeffrey saying, you can do this. This, this, is, this would be good and, and better for the presentation because it would add an element of authenticity to it because I'm the, uh, the author of the words. So, uh, and I'm having a great time and I'm looking forward to it, but it is new for sure. So Jeffrey, then, doing a great job. <laughs> Jeffrey, tell tell us about then about like um, working with somebody who is maybe new to the to the theater and actually kind of getting the right performance out of that person. Um, somebody new to the theater, if you surround them with all this professionalism, he will be guided in such a great way that he can't, you know, he he will start feeling it. He, like he said, he has this pure. Then, you know, he's very authentic when he's on that stage, but he also sees what's around him that pushes him up, but he's getting it. He's really good. He's good. Very proud of him. Yeah, it's, it, I think that the one thing that I'm able to bring is a very deep connection to the, to the words I'm singing. You know, I wrote them, I meant them, and uh, as a result of that, it's very easy for me to sort of get wrapped up in the drama of presenting them. He now knows what stage left and stage right, upstage and downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> So then, you know, how, how much more different is it, is it to perform on stage, like in a concert scenario versus on stage in a theatrical scenario? Well, this, this uh, particular production is a little bit of a hybrid. We're trying to kind of blend the two. And it's a little bit more concert presentation than, than maybe uh, other musicals. There's a live band on stage, rock band on stage, and um, uh, so it's, it's definitely it's definitely a hybrid. Um, but and the challenges are for us to create something like that is is um, number one we're in a, a smaller place than we would be at a, at a, at a concert. Uh, but but we have you know uh, nine singers, and so we have to really adjust for that. And um, that, that's where, what we're creating now. And um, it's working out great. It, it's working out great. I mean, I'm a, I'm a singer's musician. I just, I, you know, most of the people I work with are, are, are pretty good singers. And, and, and I, um, that's, that, that's what I do. So I'm in heaven being with nine really great singers. We, we really um, worked hard to, to set that bar pretty high and get singers that not only were really good, but that they had their own identities. And so there's nine people up there that are just uh, really have their own personality and are making it their own. And, and that's just really enjoyable. So we're having fun blending that together. It's a lot of work to do that and creating something hopefully kind of fresh. Yeah. Now, when you talk about, I mean, all these great singers and stuff like that, I mean, I, it, when everybody else thinks of Los Angeles, I mean, we think that there's an actor on every, uh, like 12 actors on every street and everything like that, because that's what the movies have told us. So like, I'm wondering, like, is that 
true in this case? Like, did you have to kind of wade through a whole bunch of people to find, like, to hope that the cream just rose to the top? Yeah, I, I mean, I, you guys too. I, I, yeah, we went through a lot of people before the audition process and, and, and kind of whittled it down to uh, when we went into the audition process, we pretty much knew that anyone there would be would be good. And it was just getting the right people uh, out of that uh, audition. Uh, we went through quite a few. And I think it was a combination of, it's a combination of, of uh, people that are more in the musical theater scene and some that are might be more in the, and, and singer songwriter rock scene. And, um, and they've all kind of done a little bit of both. And it's a really nice blend. I, I know Jeffrey can help out with this question too. Yeah. I, I, the wonderful thing about the cast that we picked, there are people that I knew that could perform and get this right. And so those are the people that I, you know, your, your friends and people that I've worked with and people that I've cast before that I went, oh, wow, after I read it going, they could walk in the room, they can nail it, they can understand it, they can make it happen. I, they could hit all the notes and hit all the marks and also bring something else within that, within the show. So yeah, it's a, it's a pretty wonderful cast. It did take time to cast it, but I think we, we all made the right decisions about who's on that stage right now. Yeah, they're wonderful, they really are. So then, you know, Jeffrey, when you when you do a play like this, I mean, it, I guess from sake of scale, like how big is this one versus other performances that you've uh, directed? Um, <laughs> on a scale, yeah, this is this is a, a good one. I'm, I've done pretty big productions of different things and different rock operas and different in different venues. And actually, I did a bigger rock opera here with about twenty people on that stage with the full band and everything like that. Um, but what I like about it is that this theater is very intimate so you get to understand. But as far as this rock opera, I like the intimacy of it, what we have right now, the band is cooking and everything is, is wonderful about it, yeah. So then I guess when it comes to the theater, I mean, it sounds like you know the El Portal Theater and you've worked there before. Like how hard slash easy is it to get the theater? And was this kind of your first choice? <laughs> that was your... Well, actually, uh, I found the theater and, uh, and oddly enough, actually, Jeffrey was uh, recommended, was someone recommended by the theater to me as well. Um, you know, when I we started searching, we, we were actually thinking of it being in a uh, more of a, a rock venue at first, a presentation like at the Roxy Theater or something like that. And we kind of were exploring a lot of things. And then we decided we wanted to make it a little bit more theatrical and started looking at a lot of theaters. And this theater hit me right away. It was, it was kind of my first choice. And, um, but I hadn't come here to see it. And I just wasn't, wasn't quite sure uh, by what I saw online. And, but I, I, I was really, gravitated towards it and towards its history and, and what it represents. And, um, and so uh, I came down to, to look at it and, and loved it and loved the people who were running it. And, um, and we had really good conversations and, uh, and I talked to Steve about it. When I shared it with Steve, he, he really, really liked it a lot as well. And so we, we were able to, to work out the schedule and, and, and get in and, and actually, um, uh, Jay and Peggy, who, who run this, um, 
uh, I had recommended Jeffrey to us too, so we're grateful for that. And so it's just, it's working out really well. And it's in a great part of town for in North Hollywood. It's kind of the theater district and there's a lot of, a lot of action going on around here. And so um, people can come and have dinner and, and, you know, have a good night of it. And, and it's got such great history here. And there was a bit of, there was a bit of serendipity involved as well, because <clears throat> we've been producing videos for this show that will play behind the band and the performers for since about February of this year. Um, and we always knew they were gonna be an important element of telling the story. Uh, but one of the things that this theater uniquely has is a huge video wall. It has a 30 foot wide, 13 foot high LED screen. And so these videos that we've been producing, suddenly when we see them in this venue, it's like, uh, there's no other place we could have gone to that they looked like this and so uh, it, it's wonderful how so many things have come together some of them planned and some of them just wonderful accidents so how do the acoustics of the theater kind of affect the musical performance um that that is uh, something we, we've been working on actually like i said you know this is a smaller venue and and it's uh, built for uh more voices and um and and at first i was thinking it also has a pit orchestra pit i was thinking well maybe the band in there and, and um, that got shot down a lot every time i mentioned it because uh, people wanted to see the band on stage and that that presentation and which i agree with but i knew there was going to be challenges and um so we have a we have a a, a great uh sound uh mixer and sound designer tom weir that's come in and, and kind of transforming and uh, we're, we're still adding some things and, and uh, to, to make it, make it sound really great. And we're, we're getting into a really, really good spot. Actually, it's working out re really well. Uh, we've, we have had to do uh, some work with that, especially because there is nine microphones right in front of a live band. And, um, and, but it's really, it's turning out really great. And uh, so we're, we're excited about it again, hoping it's, uh, something interesting and a little bit fresh in this hybrid, bringing this hybrid idea. Has there been any other kind of unique challenges to bringing the production together that you've been dealing with? Um, I think basically us meeting, uh, you know, we, we, we come from different backgrounds and, and so us kind of understanding where, where, where our, our our natural instincts go, right? And 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 figure and, and figure out what of those each of our instincts are going to work, and what 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 maybe things we uh, need to be willing to to be open to change, you know, which, which I think is the most important thing when you're creating something fresh is 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 to kind of kind of leave the past at the door as much as you can, and 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 come up come up with something new and fresh together. So, you know, do you have anything to say that? You said it all there. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's funny because to see you guys together here and listen to you talk, you seem to have, uh, it feels like you've known each other forever. You seem to have a, a great chemistry. How important is this? I think it's incredibly important. And, uh, you know, it's started out with just me and an idea. And so to see these uh, people come into this sphere and um, really exercising deep care 
uh, about the project and putting more into it than than I would have ever thought and creating something that's, you know, 10 times better than what I ever thought it could be, to be honest with you. And that is solely the result of these collaborators who are just bringing it every day. So one of the things that I'm really interested in is just like timelines. Like, so when did you start this original project? And then, and then at what point does it, you know, you go through recording the, the music and then you go through it becoming a play. Now here we are a week out. And I mean, and I, and I certainly want to ask about like how, what there is left to do within this last week, but, but just kind of tell us about some of the timelines. Uh, I would say probably 75% of the, the musical material was written uh, kind of between October of 2019 and when the, the lockdown started in March of 2020. Um, and that's when I actually first began trying to identify a producer. But because of the lockdowns and because of the COVID situation, it just became ridiculous. And so I just put it on a shelf, basically. Um, for almost a year and worked on other things. Uh, and then as everything began to open back up again uh, in 20, I guess spring of 2021, that's when I initially reached out to Denny. And then we recorded all of the tracks at, like you said, at East West Studios and between uh, most of them in June, I think of 2021, yeah. And then we came back our couple of days in September and captured them. Um, and then we knew we had our project and it was about going through the process of identifying the theater and the marketing plan and, you know, setting in, in, in motion um, all these disparate pieces to try and help um, solidify the show, present the show, market the show and uh, and really do it as well as we can and it you know it it it's a strange situation to finish a project so long going but it takes a long time to put up to put a presentation like this together and that's certainly been something that i've learned um but i'm blessed at where we are and you know over the course of the net we've been rehearsing already effectively for three weeks i think this is the end of the third week and um, some of the some of that rehearsal process has been uh, the singers, the performers have had to learn the music really well, um, and they've also had to learn how to um, handle the choreography and blocking that Jeffrey's put together. Um, and as we move into this final week, um, we'll really begin to bring all of these elements together in one room and start rehearsing in you know, multiple full run-throughs of the show um, and just finessing things and, and really getting it to the point um, where we're happy with it. But uh, we've accomplished a great deal in three weeks. It's remarkable to me. And uh, I think we're in a good place. So is this like a typical theatrical timeline then, Jeffrey? Like when it comes to, when it comes to like putting on a performance of this, of the style like is three weeks and then plus plus the last week kind of thing normal for this particular project it's it's pretty normal if you have a regular theatrical thing if you're just doing a book show that's two to three weeks sometimes four weeks but i mean what he's created and what we're trying to do like hamilton took 10 years 
we're actually doing it in four weeks and still accomplishing it. So <laughs> to give you an idea, if something is so new, you still have to create, create on the people, create with the norm, create with the collaborators. And so, but I think this timeline was great, but yeah, I think we're, this timeline is not usual for a workshop like this. Sometimes it's a longer process, especially if they know, you know it's going to place, which I think it is actually. <laughs> Yeah. So then, so then let's, I mean, that's something really interesting. I mean, we talk about it being three shows right now uh, for, for the Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. Um, what's next? And like, did you want it to be more? Can it be more? How does that work? Well, I think it's very difficult to go from nothing to something uh, in terms of uh, notoriety or people being aware of what we're doing. And I think our approach right from the beginning, Denny's and mine, was that we would need to perform the show in as professional and competent way possible and see how audiences respond to it. And if, in fact, they respond to it well, then we would want to take the show other places and do other things. So we really viewed this as sort of an off-Broadway test to see whether we've got something that people will respond to and if so, then we've got all of the materials in place to take it to, to the next level, to take it to a longer run and, and to, you know, to let it go where it wants to go and where the audience wants it to go. Now, I mean, you guys are used to marketing music, but I mean, marketing, marketing a theatrical presentation, I would think would be different. So, I mean, how, like, talk about some of the difficulties in like learning that, but just also even uh, marketing uh, a new production of anything. Yeah, we've relied um, a lot more on traditional marketing, I think, for this, uh, these events than people might expect. I mean, we certainly have um, a social media coordinator who's doing all those types of normal things on Instagram and Facebook and websites and that sort of thing. But we're doing quite a bit of actual billboard advertising in the local community. We're doing radio advertising on uh, three different radio stations. So we're trying to reach out, um, you know, in more traditional ways than I think a lot of people do when it comes to just music advertising or marketing. So then when it comes to like, what, what kind of audiences do you expect? I mean, like how are the ticket sales at this point a week out? Uh, are the, have they been pretty robust so far? I don't know the answer to that question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have taken the opinion that I, I you know, we, we've, put out a lot of advertising and I think that there's the people that have been involved with and seen the project are getting more and more excited about it and they're inviting more and more people. But I, I felt like for me to worry about attendance at this point was not the best place for my mind to be. I've done all I know how to do. Uh, and frankly, for me, success is going to be defined in as how the people who do come respond to it. Uh, because as I said, going from nothing to something, uh, one can't expect an automatic sellout, um, but who knows what may who knows what may come. I think I think the the avenues you talked about that we have taken. You're asking about who will come to this. I think it'll be a combination because we are uh, pushing out to music people with, with the radio stations and and um, you know because it is you know it it's you know it, it, it comes from that era 
that 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 classic rock era where we're advertising on those those stations as well. And and there's a lot of new young people that are very much in, into that as well. So we're hoping to get a, a broad audience and, and also uh, reaching out to the theatrical world. Yeah, um, which so I'm ho hoping we're hoping the audience is a, a nice mix. You have that wonderful logo on your website, which has the baby right to the old man staring at a tablet, I guess. And so, I mean, uh, there you go. It's, it's, a, it's suitable for everybody, right from a baby right to 90 years old. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> now, again, on the, on the website, too, I mean, it's a nice website given that you've got there. But uh, let's, you know, you've got a video on there, which is really interesting with the eyes just going to darkness and stuff like that. Talk about some of the video content, and especially because, I mean, you talked about having started that in February. So, you know, kind of tell us about that. Yeah, it was always my original idea that the story could be told with three different elements. One was the lyrics of the songs. The other one was the performers on the stage. And the third one was the video behind, behind the band and performers in effect. And the videos are, are really not so much literal videos that try and picturize, if I can use that word, the lyrics as they more try and establish the mood of the song and the backdrop of the song. So if we're singing about um, the fact that our world is just overwhelmed by advertising you'll see videos with you know quick shots of advertisements and things that we all look at every day on our screen and the way our phones buzz with the uh, <laughs> robocalls and and uh, the ways in which our lives are interrupted and um other times the videos are are, are meant to sort of expand on the theme of the song um but they're definitely they were definitely designed and intended to be a third element of storytelling as opposed to um, punctuating one of the other two ways in which we're trying to communicate through performance and, and lyric. So that's, you know, Jeffrey, that is that something else that's, uh, I guess, difficult to work with because you now have a video screen rather than the typical like set backdrop maybe is there is that something that you you need to kind of think about when you're blocking a scene yes i have to be aware of exactly what's on that video screen am i moving too much and i don't want to distract on the screen there are times i have them in silhouette there are times that i have them bringing out in light but yeah that was that was i was had to be very aware of that where i could bring all that together so then is that a fun challenge for you? And I guess that's the thing, right? Like, like, how do you guys, all of you having done so much work in the field before, like, how do you look at this as a way to challenge yourselves and push the project forward more? I, I it, it definitely is a challenge, but you know, as we do what we do, we enjoy it so much. So it's a challenge, but it's a love and it's a lot of fun. So, and I, and I hope, it's created on that stage, but the challenge—I I, give me a challenge, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think I kind of approach every project as something completely new, uh, no matter what what I'm doing, and it helps me hopefully grow in each project. 
And, um, and what I'm excited about this, and, and we're doing this with Stephen and you know, Jeffrey as well, I mean, there, there were a lot of new, fresh things to, to look at. And then not only just learn some other processes as far as putting this, a lot of extra moving parts that, 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 that maybe are different than in the music world. Um, that, and, 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 and taking those parts and seeing how we can morph them together into something new there, you know? So I think the whole thing is a grown process, you know? And what's exciting is you never really, you always have in your head what the outcome's gonna be, but it's always different. And uh, you just hope it's better than what you thought, you know? And that's what's happening here. To me, Steve and I mentioned it the other day, um, where this is turning out, you know, we were always excited to do this and we saw it a certain way, but, but we're really excited now. And we feel like it's, it's, it's taken on a, a life even that we expect, than we expected. Yeah, and I would say for me, as somebody who typically writes lyrics for songs that are about things, I don't typically write you know, the, the standard little lullaby or love song. For somebody who likes to write about things in, in an attempt to communicate ideas or, or, or questions or observations, uh, this is the most rewarding experience I've ever had because it, it, it is the ultimate fulfillment of that desire to communicate that I have, whether you like what I have to say or not. <laughs> <laughs> so the anticipation that you're feeling then for this is different than it is for when an album is being released or is it similar? Oh, it's much different. It's, it's much more profound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. And I guess, and I guess it's like, when it comes down to it, like, at what point did this coalesce and, and it went from being like a little bit scared to a little bit excited and then to, to like, <laughs> wow, we like, we've got something here. I think when we could all see the quality of the band performance that was coming through and the quality of the choreography and blocking and, and uh, ideas that Jeffrey brought to the play and realized that these three elements, the, the choreography, the music, and the video were going to work together. Um, then I think it kind of began to go from, in my mind at least, fear, oh Lord, what if it does work, to oh my gosh, this is, this is working. <laughs> Yeah, that must be an amazing feeling. I would, I would expect. Definitely, I, I, I use the analogy. It's. I feel like I at one point, you know, eight or nine months ago, threw three boomerangs on three different days, <laughs> and they had to all land, come back at the same place at the same time for this to work. And and somehow here we are. <laughs> so is, is it right? There's a hundred minutes worth of music. Uh, approximately 100 minutes worth of music, yeah. Approximately 100 minutes worth of music. Did you manage to convey everything that you wanted to, or is there anything that you wanted to get to that you had? Is there anything left that you had to say about the topic? <laughs> oh, yes, there is. <laughs> I, part, of, part of this process has been starting with a very broad approach and edit, 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 edit to get the story more focused to have the flow work better. And so um, as a writer of the material, one of the things that I came into this knowing was that I, I was gonna lose material along the way. <laughs> and I'm perfectly comfortable with that because I think that um, 
in the end, all three of us recognize it's all about the audience and their being able to comprehend the show, their ability to be able to enjoy the show. Um, and it's not about uh, anything else, really. And so if we can edit down a song or edit out a song and we feel like that makes things work better, that's what we do. So then how long is the performance uh, all told? I believe it's approximately, uh, I think it, it's probably right around 100 minutes of music. Um, and then there will be an intermission. So we're going to have act one, an intermission followed by act two. And each act with everything else other than music will probably come in at around an hour, I would guess. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah. So then when you think about doing something like this, Steve, like, is this something that now it's kind of ignited a fire within you? And this is something you would consider doing again? I mean, moving. I would never do anything. I would never do anything else. Wow. So yeah, just kind of completely changed over your attitude. Hey. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Denny? I mean, when you when you think about something like this, I mean, obviously, I would accept expect that you're going to go back to like drumming for for other acts and stuff like that. But but does this taste of the theater give you give you a desire to come back? Uh, most definitely. I mentioned to Steve uh, the other day. Um, you know, there was because there is so many moving parts and 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 some things that I, uh, you know, there were there were times where I was like, ah, you know, and I'm producing and musical directing and playing and trying to balance all of that and, and figure that out. And, uh, but it's amazing what, you know, you, you can find your way, you know, to do that. So at one point, the one point I was going, ah, what did I get into? And, um, and then, and, and you know what, it's incredibly fulfilling. And, and when I see this all come together, it's, it's pretty amazing. I, you know, I'm always looking for something different. You know, and yeah, I'll go back and play and, and do this, but I'm, I'm open to, I'm always open to new, new things and um, keep, keep growing and not, you know, even in my career, I, you know, I do switch on who I work with from time to time, mostly just so I can grow. And um, so this has been great. If, if other opportunities came up, I, I would, I would be uh, very excited to look at them. And then Jeffrey, do you want them back? In the theater. <laughs> uh oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, Jeffrey, I'm wondering actually, uh, as a director, is there a, I guess, a psychology to dealing with different personalities that you have to have? Yes. <laughs> it work because people are individuals. You don't know what they came in with or, or going home to. So when we come here, we have to have the mindfulness of just letting them do their thing. They're here for a reason. But as a director, I've got to, you know, kind of mold and see what's happening with them and give them the right direction and get the right feeling where the whole room could be there. I, I try to create a family. When they walk in here, they know they're in a family and a safe place. And I think um, that's what they're feeling right now as a cast. You know, like they all hug each other. They're... They're inseparable. They go to eat together all the time. They're, they're the family now. So, so I love to start that off at the very beginning to get people get to know each other and get comfortable with each other right away because we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> it always seems to me like a, a live performance is an interesting mix of 
being completely unselfish, except for when it's time to be completely selfish. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. Yes, <laughs> it does. Because, you know, you, you have a vision of what you need them to do up there. We all have a vision of what we know it is. And now we have to convey it to them and get them on our path of what the show will be. And I think um, between the three of us, we, we've done a great job with that. So then besides, of course, the, the rehearsals, like when it comes to individual work, like Steve, like how much individual work have you done to kind of, you know, remember everything and then like, do you go kind of go home and then run through things in your head? Yeah, I have, uh, sometimes the other members of the ensemble um, have the responsibility of memorizing their lines and their lyrics. I have the additional challenge of always remembering what used to be the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'll start seeing the lyrics that were originally written in the song. Um, but uh, fortunately for me, you know, because I, I've been involved with this so long and uh, most of it is just automatically in my memory. As long as I'm focused on what I'm doing, I, I can, I can, I can handle it. But every once in a while, I'll get a little distracted and you know, I'll drop something in rehearsal. But by, by the time we get to the performances, I'll be focused on only one thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the thing, right? Like, how difficult is it to memorize and just remember everything? And so, not and then not only like. I mean, a lot of music, but now actual stage direction, like, it, especially with you not doing that before, like, it must be a little bit of a different side brain almost to, to kind of keep those, keep one thing in mind and then do an action. Jeffrey is kind to me. He leaves all the really complicated stuff to the ensemble. And uh, uh, that is an added element. And uh, I think that... Uh, you know, it wasn't something I was expecting, but then I had no idea what to expect. And, uh, but it's, I think it's working out fine. And, uh, you know, there are, because there's so many songs, I, I think there's actually about 8,500 words in, as part of the lyrics of this musical. And so I, I, <laughs> the scale of this thing has always been remarkably large. Um, even as I was trying to assemble the story just for me to be able to remember in the compositional process what was in song three when I'm on song 17. But at this point, I've been through it so many times, I'm almost like somebody who's memorized a book, you know. It's just there. Yeah, I guess. Did you know when you, I mean, when you started the, just the original project, was it like, were you thinking like maybe, oh, 10 songs on an album. And then the next thing you know, it's, it's a hundred minutes of music. It's a play. It's, it's everything like that. Uh, could you have seen the scope when you started? There's no way that I could have seen the precise scope when I started, but um, I did, I sort of blocked out the main narrative themes and it was clear that there was going to be, you know, more than 10 songs. Um, and then I would say I got to a point where maybe we had 15 or 16 songs that were the crux of the story. And I realized there's a hole in the narrative here. I need a song that does this. You know, in this way, and it also, and I, and I also had to think about the pacing, right? 
the dynamics of the album from song to song. And they can't all be fast, hard rock songs, and they can't all be, you know, slower, melodic songs. There needs to be uh, an up and down dynamic rhythm to how the songs come across for somebody listening to them sequentially. Um, so it, it, you start off with a pretty good general idea, but then you definitely have to plug holes and, and, and get very deliberate about, I need a song there that is a slow melodic song and it's about this subject, go to work. So then as we near opening night, uh, when, when opening night comes, I mean, I want to ask each of you, like, what is the one thing that you're kind of most looking forward to achieving on that opening night? For me, um, is to hear the audience, the human response to everything that they're looking at and seeing of them. So what I, my achievement is to make sure that no matter what they're looking at or whatever, they, they get some sort of message to touch no matter what their day is like and what they're seeing. So my, yeah, that's my goal. That's my, to have this, in, so people look at this. That's, once that happens and hear what the response is, and to get it on there, then that's a great achievement. Um, yes, I, I, I second that, uh, as well as um, this feeling of uh, connection that we're all, here it is, we're all coming together, we worked hard at this. All of these segments from the actors, the bands, the videos, to the graphics, to the advertising, to everything is now coming together on that stage. And I hope for the audience as well, I, I've always felt this from the beginning, is, is it gives them something to talk about and discuss when they go home and uh, something that they can think about the next day. And, 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 you know, I know when I go to a good movie or something the next day, sometimes you're quiet after and the next day you wake up and you start talking about it. And to me, that was a good movie. And I'm, I'm hoping that, that Steve, with Steve presenting to them, uh, that we'll put it across in a way that it'll start a conversation them for the audience yeah I, I obviously i'd like to see the audience enjoy the show but i think also for me opening night and, and the three performances are about seeing the realization of my original concept um, and seeing it realized at a level that's significantly above where my expectations were and uh, something that i can feel personally proud of um, that's important to me, as well as, you know, wanting to be able to deliver something that an audience can enjoy and respond to. No, that's great. And, and I know that, you know, I mean, we have appreciated talking to you in this regard, because I mean, it's, it's nice to be able to dig into this and, and really understand where it came from, where you came from. And I think that if, if, you know, the performances show as much as you guys show to us, then there'll be no problem at all um, getting everybody on board with this. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for that. You both have been wonderful. Great yes. questions. Yes. Thank you for your interest and, and care. Well, yeah, Thank absolutely. You. I mean, very interesting. We Absolute gentlemen, you are. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. We want to give you the chance to uh, to tell everybody like how to keep up with each of you individually, but also just you know pump the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, the show is called Staring into Nothing, and it uh, is coming to the theater, the El Portal Theater in North Hollywood, 
And there's going to be three performance on October 7th, 8th, and 9th. And we'd love for anybody who can figure out how to make the geographical logistics work to come on down and uh, enjoy a couple of hours with us on the show. And all the information about um, the show and, and anything that connects back to me or Kurt um, would come through staringintonothing.com as the primary source. And we also have a Facebook page, Staring Into Nothing, and uh, an Instagram page. I think that's Staring Into, is that correct? Yes. Um, and I'll turn it over to Denny and Jeffrey. Uh, well, uh, second what Steve said, and then additional for me, I guess it would just be, you know, dennybungheiser.com. But, um, you know, it's some Instagram and Facebook. Uh, but, you know, more than pushing myself here, I really want to push the show. I, I, I really believe in this show and um, really proud to be a part of it. And uh, that's, um, I thank you. <laughs> I'm at Jeffrey Book on Facebook, Instagram, Snap, all of them. Um, and I'm so excited about the show. It has a killer band that's really kicking out a great drum by the way, <laughs> you know, who makes me want to come into work every day just to see what he's about to do. And then the storytelling that this man has created makes me excited that I get to actually see it on stage with some great friends and great people that blow my mind away with their abilities. So I'm, I'm hyped and want everybody to come. I hope to see everybody there. And believe me, there'll be something within yourself that you'll love. <laughs> Well, that's that is awesome, guys. I mean, uh, I urge everybody to to get out to see the play if they can, um, because I mean, the music, the way the whole package sounds. I mean, it just sounds incredible. So I want to thank you guys for being on the show. You've been wonderful guests, and I do wish you nothing but the best in the future, and just you know, good luck or break a leg. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Signing off. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye.
under the rainbow they turn data into gold fingers press upon the screen Sell